Welcome to Sunday School for Heathens. The show where we learn about Christianity and how weird it sounds to everyone else. I'm Shannon. And I'm Brian. Welcome to the show. Now, when we originally agreed to record this first podcast, Brian told me what he was going to do this podcast episode about. And then just before we started recording, Brian told me that he had come up with something weirder to talk about today. Brian, what are we going over today? Well, so I originally had said baptism because it felt like a, uh, a fitting start. But once I got researching it, it seemed like baptism was going to be too big for a half-hour podcast and I didn't want to bore everyone. So I decided it's the original episode. We're going to talk about original sin. Oh, okay. All right. Shannon, do you know what original sin is? Something, something, snake, apple, something, something, Adam and Eve. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, Did I get it? That is a good start. <laughs> Great. Uh, so I was going to ask you uh, if you knew about Adam and Eve, and so far, you do. I, I, I understand that Adam <laughs> and Eve are two characters that appear in the early beginning parts of the Bible. Awesome. So so what happens in the story is uh, there's a serpent, and it tempts Eve with an apple from the tree of knowledge of good and bad that God said was the one tree they cannot eat things from. So, because he doesn't want them to know the difference between good and bad? Um, I feel like that's fundamental. Well, so, he did, they don't really say that it's, but God just told them, don't do this thing, basically. So it's less about, like, what the thing was, and more that he said, don't do this thing. But I feel like, if, of all the things to avoid, good versus bad? Uh, what's the knowledge of it? So, like, they're, basically, they're, they're in this garden, everything is perfect, they're taken care of, they don't need to worry about the good and the bad, is kind of the idea. Okay. So it's like, your pet doesn't need to know how to do taxes. Yes, but your pet does need to know that, like, it's good to snuggle on the couch and it's bad to eat the food off the counters. Okay, but all they need to know, listen to God. So they didn't listen to God. Okay. So there was only one rule and they broke that one rule. They broke that one rule. And what happened was, uh... When they ate of the fruit of this tree of knowledge of good and bad, they realize all of a sudden, oh my god, we're naked. Um, ah. Now, they, do they both realize this? Do they both eat the apple? So, Eve eats, the serpent gives the apple to Eve. She tastes it. It's like, hey, this is pretty good. Then Eve is like, hey, Adam, also try this. And he also tries it. But he doesn't know it's from the forbidden tree? Um, or has she I'm pretty sure in? she tells him. Okay. Uh, and he still is like, well, what's been done can't be undone. Yeah. They might eat it together, actually. I, uh, I'd have to look a little more closely, but they, they both eat the, the apple, and she gives it to him. So a lot of people end up saying that's her fault, but they both screwed up. Okay, but then they realize they're naked. They realize they're naked, and they hide. Okay. Because they don't want God to see them naked. So they don't, they haven't made the logical leap that, like, God has been seeing them naked this whole time? Uh... When was yes. the last time they saw God? They were naked when they saw God. But, like, recently. Okay, but, like, is God <laughs> coming by once a week for dinner? Did God, like, drop them there and Unclear. leave them there? Unclear. There are not nearly this many details okay. in the Bible. So they Clearly, have... it needs to work on its <laughs> exposition. Um, I promise you, some rabbi somewhere has written a story about this. We can get... We'll get a Jewish friend on the podcast, and we'll have them talk about it. Perfect. They go into a lot more detail. Got it. So they are, they're hiding in the, uh, in the bushes from God, 
God is looking for them. They He finds them and says, well, why were you hiding? And they said, because we were naked. We felt guilty about it. He was like, wait a minute. How did you know you were naked and that's bad? And so that's how he figures out they ate this fruit. So God gets real mad about it. And he decides to curse everybody. because. But everybody is just the two humans he's created. Well, so he yells at Adam. And Adam says, well, no, it's not my fault. This woman gave me the fruit. And then... Eve says, well, no, it's not my fault. This snake tempted me. So God is like, all right, fine. Everyone is getting cursed. So the man, the woman, and, and the, the snake. snake. So, But are there other living things that exist? There are plenty of other living things. They have not done anything wrong that I know of. Great. <laughs> so the snake, its curse is that it loses its legs and has to crawl on its belly and eat dirt. Wait, so snakes had legs before? I guess. <laughs> So this is like, kind of like evolution. Sure. There yeah. were snakes with legs, yeah. and then there were snakes without legs. Who said Christians didn't believe in evolution? <laughs> oh, and only instead of evolution, it's just God smote their legs off. Okay, so Eve's curse mm-hmm. is that childbirth now is going to hurt. Ah. Also, her other curse is man is now in charge of her. Damn it. <laughs> so you're saying that the Bible invented the patriarchy. Or did the Bible just justify that they had already invented the patriarchy? Literally in my notes, <laughs> that Eve was cursed with the patriarchy. <laughs> Damn it! Damn the patriarchy! Uh, so, then uh, Adam gets his curse, which is that he has to work hard to grow food. Okay, so they don't get to live in abundance anymore. Yes, so they don't just... Adam's curse is bringing home the bacon. Basically, yeah. So then God is like, all right, you can't live here anymore because you can't be in the, um, the garden where there's, the, where there's this tree of life also because now you have knowledge of good and evil. You can't also live forever. You have to die now. Ah, so that's the everybody's curse. So not quite. So he kicks them out. First, he gives them some sweet leather clothes. Um, it's specified in there. Cool leather clothes. Cool leather clothes. <laughs> so what are we imagining cool leather clothes look like? Um, I don't know. I'm picturing everyone as a greaser in the okay. Garden of Eden. But like, <laughs> so we're talking like leather c- Canadian tuxedo. Yes, exactly. So get that mental image. Great. Um, including in my a mind, tuxedo for the snake. <laughs> See, in my mind now, Adam is just wearing a biker jacket and assless chaps. <laughs> Yes. But that's just because leather pants are sweaty. And I don't wish that upon anyone, even if it's the guy who invented the patriarchy. (laughs) Uh, He was cursed with the patriarchy. Yes. Uh, So they're kicked out of the garden, and God sends out uh, an angel to guard the entrance to the garden with a flaming sword. Okay. Did angels have flaming swords before this? Uh, Is this like he pulled an angel and all the angels have flaming swords? Or did he invent flaming swords for the purpose of guarding I think the Garden I, of Eden? I don't know if he invented it, but it is specific to this angel that he has a flaming sword. Great. So my favorite part is, uh, so there's this big book of rules for Catholics called the Catechism. Um, it has some pretty great quotes, including this one uh, about Adam and Eve. Uh, they became afraid of the God whom they had conceived a distorted image. That of a god jealous of his prerogatives. Obviously, he is jealous. He kicked them out and guarded the door with a flaming sword. Yep. (laughs) 
I don't know that I agree that it's a uh, distorted image. Yeah! <laughs> but is it jealousy or is it just like, damn it, you had one thing you couldn't do. Fair enough. I'm not sure if that's jealousy so much as just parental frustration. All right. I'll give you that. Maybe, maybe, uh... Unless God has always wanted to be corporeal. Ooh, I don't think so. Um, because it was... I wouldn't want to be corporeal. Well, and people were created in God's image. Okay. So it's people are kind of like God. Um, okay. So here's where we get original sin. Is like, generally from that story, we get the doctrine that says that the sin of Adam and Eve is passed down to all of humanity. Like a disease. Like, everybody gets it. Um, so that we are all, as a people, guilty, uh, and we're all drawn to sin, and we have a sinful nature, and we're all going to die. So sin is just in our DNA at this point. Yeah. So, and like, kind and it was taught to me as a kid that original sin was like this black stain that you had on you that was bad, and it could be wiped away by baptism. So like, even babies have this like horrible thing about them, but you get baptized, and then you're all okay until you sin again. So that's why we baptize babies, because if we don't, they go to hell, because they have sinned. So everyone is born with sin, Mm -hmm. then you get baptized, but then, like, lots of things are sins, and so you just keep sinning, and then you keep working to be not sinful? Yes. Catholics say that your sins can be forgiven through confession, and I think other uh, Protestants... Say that your sins are just forgiven through, like, grace. But, so there's there's other ways for sins to be forgiven, but people who believe that original sin is, like, in all babies, they believe that, like, you need to do something about it. So you must, like, be... There must be some sort of activity that washes away sin, and it's just not efficient to baptize people every week. Well, you can only get baptized once. But if baptism is, by default, the, like, thing you... that washes away sin... So your sins can also be forgiven in other ways. But, like, you need to do... Like, the initial one is baptism. And then you do, like, upkeep things. Okay. Like, confession is, like, upkeep. Uh, So there's, like, the first big cleansing. Yeah. So then other sins are not as, like, intense as your original sin that you're born with. Because they don't need, like, a full baptism to get rid of them. You have to, like, do other things instead because they're not as... No, I think think it's more like uh, you get, like, your, your shots when you're a baby... And then you get booster shots. It's not because the disease is any less bad. You just get a booster. Okay. I think That I think is an analogy I understand. Okay. So confession is the booster shot to baptism. Yes. Okay. So this doctrine doesn't really make sense if you're just looking at this Adam and Eve story. Okay, yeah. Uh, Because they they got their individual curses, but nowhere does it say... That it's passed down. Oh, so there's no, like, I am cursing you and your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children, etc., etc., and so on and so forth. It's just saying, you three are smoked. Well, no, it's, it is forever and ever, but it's forever and ever childbirth is going to hurt. Forever and ever you'll have to grow things. There's not this, like, you're born with, like, this drive towards sin. That's not really there in that story. So, are there people then who believe that we're not born with original sin? Who just like are like, if it didn't say it, then it can't be true. Well, there's some other... Yes, there are people who believe that. So, one example of that would be Pelagius, 
who was a British theologian in the 5th century. He said that people could lead morally good lives without God's help and do fine. And they didn't need God's grace. They could just, like, as long as they were on the straight and narrow, they just did a good job and would go to heaven. And Adam was just an example of someone who screwed up. There was nothing passed down through him. So the person who fought against that was a more famous guy, St. Augustine. Okay. Um, which is a name that you might have heard. I feel like an AP history class used that name somewhere sometime. So St. Augustine, he said that we have an inclination to sin called concupiscence. And it's passed down through your parents in the form of sexual concupiscence or libido. Oh, now things are getting <laughs> saucy. He's uh, trying to justify why things turn him on. He's ooh. saying it's just a thing we're all born with and it's natural. Oh, man. And he had a wild life. Oh, yeah? We will get to that. I hope so. Uh, but, yeah, so... So one guy basically is like, even my natural urges are not sinful. This is just, like, us, and we have to, like, not do anything crazy and everything is good. And one guy is like, these urges are inherently sinful, and therefore we must constantly be fighting against this sin because we will always have this sin. Yes. Yeah. All right, I think I follow. Okay. So there's, like, natural is not sinful, and there's, like, we are always born with sinful. Yes, pretty much. So part of Augustine is where we get the not even babies are good. Even babies have this horrible thing okay. about them. Now, do we know where St. Augustine got this from? So basically what he pulls it from is um, a letter written by Paul, who we talked about Paul. You know generally who Paul I is. I kind of know about Paul. <laughs> Paul is the reason we have a podcast. Yeah, for, for anyone uh, who hasn't tuned out by now, Paul is... The reason that Shannon and I started this, because she did not know who he was, and she thought it was funny when I explained that he never actually met Jesus in person alive. It's true. I was very confused. And I told him that I wanted him to just teach me individual topics about religion on a weekly basis, and, well, drunk us decided it would probably be better if you put a microphone between us while that happened. Yeah, so... So, St. Augustine gets a letter, reads a letter from Paul. Yes. So, the, the letters of Paul were already, like... In, they were considered official religious texts at this point. So he's just studying, like, a book in the library that already exists. Yeah. I don't know if the the Bible was set in stone by this point, because it was 4th century, or 5th century, sorry. I think it was. So I'm going to read you this whole quote, just so you get a taste of what Paul sounds like. Great. Because it's an experience. I'm ready. Therefore, just as through one person sin entered the world... And through sin, death, and thus death came to all, inasmuch as all sinned. For up to the time of the law, sin was in the world, though sin is not accounted when there is no law. But death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin after the pattern of the trespass of Adam, who is the type of the one to come. So, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sin. (laughs) Sin came to people who came after Adam. There are other people who sinned, and thus, apparently, we all get sin. That is kind of what uh, uh, Augustine took from that, is we all have this sin inside us, and it's Adam's fault. Okay. Some people disagree. That's what this one guy said, and a lot of people agree with him, apparently. Yeah, so, the other guy. The one um, who thinks that everything is not sin, and you have to, like, actually actively sin? Yes. Uh, 
Pelagius. He, guess what happened to him? Did he get declared a heretic? He did. And he was also excommunicated and exiled. Oh, man! <laughs> but they didn't, like, kill him in some sort of gruesome and ridiculous way? No, they did not. He, he was just sent to the desert and never heard from again. Okay. So, as far as the Catholic Church goes, I guess all right. I mean, given that they have seemed to have come up with some pretty gnarly ways to deal with people who they disagree with, that seems almost tame. I mean, well, the, the origin of Christianity was uh, horrible punishment. So True. <laughs> what can you expect? That is fair. Okay, so Augustine got his, uh, his ideas, and that was kind of the way the church worked. Is original sin is this reason that we're all bad, the reason for evil in the world. So then we get to the Protestant Reformation, and they ran with it. Protestants, oh, right. <laughs> the Protestants were like, yes, we all have this evil nature. It's so bad, we, there is no hope for us. We can only be uh, saved by grace, not through anything we could possibly do because we're all so bad, so we won't even try. Works can't do anything. Yes. <laughs> because works can't do anything, but also you can't just go to church and talk about your feelings and then be absolved. Yes. Because that was the big thing, was buying and selling of indulgences, right? right. Back to, like, so the European history. Yes. So that was part of the Reformation, was the buying and selling part. Yes. Because the Protestants were basically like, yes, you can be forgiven, but it's just given. Yeah. God just does that for you. So, But then aren't there some of them who decide that some people are God's never going to give this to, and some people are going to get it by default? Uh, yeah, there are some people who believe in predestination, which is, uh, you're either good or you're bad, there's nothing you can do about it, it's just how you are. Okay. Um, you're saved or you're not. So, there was Catholics who think that we all are sinful, but you can do things to be unsinful. Yes. There is some sort of self-acting thing that you're capable of doing to save you from sin. Kind of. That was more how it was viewed in the past. Now, Protestants and Catholics have kind of come back together and have kind of been like, you know, we need both works and grace. But initially, it was like Catholics were like, you have the power in your hands yes. to save yourself from sin. And the Protestants were like, you're going to live your life, and at the end, you're going to get on up to wherever you go, and they're going to tell you whether or not you're good or not. Yes. But now, everyone's realizing that you should probably... Be religious and also not a garbage person? Yeah, basically. That's I think that's a, a good way to sum that up. Okay. But back at the time of the Protestant Reformation, the Catholics, uh, their response to we're just so sinful, we can't help it, was basically, no, you still have free will. You can still choose to do good or bad, but you're probably going to do bad, so you should feel bad, was kind of the Catholics. <laughs> I can't find who's more nihilistic in this argument. <laughs> Is it the Protestants who've just decided that we're inherently all screwed? Or is it the Catholics who think that you have free will but are going to fuck it up? Um, yeah, I don't know. At that point in time, man, religion was rough. Yeah. Uh, That's a lot of feelings. So, it got a little bit better. Okay. Um, today, the way most people look at original sin is as societal sin. So, the sin of the culture you're born into. So, like, institutional racism okay. is uh, the original sin that you're born into and you can't do anything about, but you participate in it. You don't so, the patriarchy. That's, yes. Yes, which we are all cursed with. Thank you, Eve. So, you're saying <laughs> that 
God cursed Eve with the patriarchy, and then Eve proceeded <laughs> to curse everyone with the patriarchy. Uh, I guess. And sure. we all come back to the patriarchy. <laughs> oh boy, let's see how many different episodes we can wrap around to the patriarchy. And you know, we've got, we're one for one so far. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically the concept of original sin in short form. But there's one, one fun fact that I want to end on. Okay. Um, can you guess the one person who is, was born without original sin? Is it Jesus? I do not count Jesus as a person because full, fully human, fully divine, not really a normal person. Okay. So I'll give you, I'll give you one more guess because I should have warned you about yeah, that. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that Jesus doesn't count as a person for Ooh. the purposes of this exercise. People are going to email us and tell, and yell at me for saying Jesus is not a person. I mean, he is a person, but he's not a person for the purpose of this. Yeah, not for the purpose of this question. Okay, the one person who wasn't born with original sin. Mm-hmm. And it's one human as opposed to like one category. It is one human and it's a lady. Ooh. Is it Jesus' mother? It is. I did it! I did it! I did it! Look at you. Passing Sunday school with flying colors. I'm doing so good at wildly guessing into the universe. <laughs> so, I wouldn't have figured it out if you hadn't given me that it was a woman. Yeah, so Catholics believe that Mary was born without original sin and that she never sinned her whole life, and also that she never had sex and was forever virgin. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> Is the logic that Mary was born without original sin and thus was the perfect candidate for a virgin birth? Or was it that a virgin... Like, did they pick find that there was a human on the earth that didn't have original sin, and thus they were like, you're going to be the one that gives birth to the Christ child... Or was it like... No, I think it was God set her up for this. Okay. I don't think it was she happened to be born without original sin, and then they were like, oh, this is convenient. Okay. So it was like, God was like, I need to put a human on the earth to give birth to the Christ child, and then by definition that person can't have original sin, so somehow you're exempt from generations and generations of patriarchal black spots on your soul. Right. And because of that, you get to, like, never have sex and carry a whole living child to term, and then continue to live your life with your husband who you're still married to, and your child, and your presumably other children? Well, that's a debate. Great. Whether Jesus had brothers and sisters is a debate. Cute. Uh, because some people believe Mary never had sex. But! But, my fun footnote from my Bible that I found... Oh, great. Uh, it said that it wanted you to know that sex for the purpose of procreation is not a sin... So, there are some people that think that Mary had one child and it was a divine child. Yeah. And there are some people who are like, obviously Mary had sex, but only for the purposes of procreation and thus still is sin-free. Yes. And this is just the her husband who, imposing her, his sin on her? The people who think that Jesus has brothers and sisters are less focused on the whether Mary had sex or not and... Whether she had original sin or not, generally speaking. I would hope so, because otherwise that requires a lot of mental gymnastics. Yeah. There were not there was not more than no one thinks there was more than one virgin birth. Great. <laughs> I'm glad we're clear on that one. <laughs> so that is original sin. We did it. Well, we have time for one more thing. Okay. So there's gonna be one more test to end the episode. Oh, is this the quiz portion? This is the quiz round. 
I'm going to tell you about the life of a saint. This time it's going to be St. Augustine. I promised we'd get back to. Yes. And then at the end, you get to guess what you think he is the patron of. Okay. There are multiple things, so you have a better shot. Great! (laughs) I won't say a great shot. (laughs) It's fine. I figured out this week who the patron saint of the internet is, so... Do you remember who it was? Saint Isidore? That, I think that's what it was. I, think I didn't know that at the time. It's fine. The internet told me the patron saint of the internet. Yeah. So, fine. tell me about Saint, saint Augustine. So, Saint Augustine was the son of a pagan father who converted on his deathbed, and Saint Monica, a devout Christian. Side note, Saint Monica was uh, made a saint basically for putting up with her son Augustine. Uh, I'm into that. <laughs> He was, Augustine was raised a Christian, and he lost his faith in youth and led a wild life. He lived with a Carthaginian woman from the age of 15 through 30, where he fathered a son whom he named Adiotatus, which means gift of God. He taught rhetoric at Cartridge and Milan, Italy, and after investigating and experimenting with several philosophies, he became a Manichaean for several years. And this school of philosophy taught uh, of a great struggle between good and evil, and it featured a lax moral code. A summation of his thinking at the time comes from his confessions. God, give me chastity and continence, but just not now. Augustine finally broke with this school of philosophy and was converted by the prayers of his mother, the help of St. Ambrose of Milan, who baptized him. On the death of his mother, he returned to Africa sold his property, gave the proceeds to the poor, and founded a monastery. He became the Bishop of Hippo in 396, and he founded religious communities, fought uh, against heretics, and he oversaw his church uh, during the fall of the Roman Empire to the Vandals, and he became a doctor of the church. So basically, as as a young man, he just was like drinking, having sex with everybody, like going around wild, and then suddenly became a Christian, and then, like, went hardcore Christian. Okay. What do you think he is the patron of? Well, I don't think there's a patron saint of obnoxious party boys. So I'm not going to give him that one. Is he the patron saint of confession? Does Confession get a patron saint? Or is it like a group of people? Um, It might, but that is not one of the things he is the patron saint of. I'm going to read you off the list. Please do. He is the patron saint against sore eyes, against vermin, the patron saint for brewers, for printers, for theologians, for the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, for the Diocese of Ida, Philippines, for the Diocese of Kalamazoo, Michigan, for the Diocese of Laredo, Texas, for the Diocese of St. Augustine, Florida, for the Diocese of Superior, Wisconsin. For the Diocese of Tucson, Arizona. For Cagayan uh, de Oro, Philippines. For Carpinto Romano, Italy. For Isleta, Indian Pueblo. For uh, Ponte Niza, Italy. For St. Augustine, Florida. For St. Austin, Spain. And for Valletta, Malta. I'm sorry for butchering all of those names of places. So, sore eyes, brewers, theologians, mm-hmm. against vermin. Against vermin. And uh, against something else. Yeah, it was uh, sore eyes, vermin, brewers, printers, 
uh, theologians. The the one that was called out specifically was he uh, he's the patron saint of brewers because he drank a lot as a kid. There we go. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right. On. And there's the quiz round. That's all we have for this week, I guess. Shannon, tell us the places where people can tell us what we did wrong. If you have questions or corrections for Brian or general compliments or you have a topic you think we should cover on the show, you can email us at sundayschoolforheathens at gmail.com. That's all one word. Or tweet at us at sundayschoolforheathens. Our theme song is by Adam Griffin. Check him out at alteringgravity.wordpress.com. Our logo is by David Griffin, our second favorite Griffin brother. Thank you to Aaron Quick and Jim Altrus for the gear. Thanks so much for listening, and amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs>